0: Uh, i 'm not a CEO, uh, a founder of a business or a president. Um, uh, uh, Tom Raines, my friend, brings me in as a pastor here in town who loves the marketplace and helping to press people into ministry in the marketplace. and so I get to just kind of come in and to some degree pastor these guys, but really i 'm the guy that gets the most out of it because I love being around these men and women uh, as they think through what does it take to be a minister of the gospel in the marketplace. Well, um, just a few weeks ago, we went through a, a yearly evaluation uh, to where we said, let's look at 2012 and see how we did. Let's be honest. Through grace, let's be brutally honest. So what I'm going to give you next is not from a pastor um, to other pastors. Uh, it's not just for Christians in general. This is something, this is something that marketplace leaders are, are thinking through. So I, I, I challenge you to even process through this is, as the majority of you you're in the marketplace or you're in school you're studying and you're going to be in the marketplace and just think through the ramifications of asking these kind of questions of yourself because many christians in the marketplace have never considered these kind of questions here are just some of the evaluations uh that we had some of the questions uh, there was uh 12, 10 of them first uh did you spend consistent time with jesus Number two, were your family relationships strengthened? Three, did you spend more time listening and relating to your key team members on a one-to-one basis? Remember, marketplace and your company, and and you don't have to be, you don't have to be the top of the food chain to process these kind of questions. Because uh, I, I believe in 360-degree leadership, uh, that wherever you are, you can not only influence those that maybe are working working with you as their inf- primary influencer and boss, but those that are your peers as well as even those that are your bosses that you can bring influence to them. And so think about these things. Um, number four, you saw the people that you deal with, your suppliers, your customers, your employers, employees, and others more as objects of your personal ministry than as objects to be exploited for your personal gain. Now, I know a lot of you guys, y'all are in, um, in military contracting uh, here in town, engineering and just—I mean, just think about that. I mean, maybe, Na- maybe uh, um, NASA or, or the Air Force or the Army. You know, is, is who you're working for. They're your bosses, or or your, your other people. You're contracting things out to. It's just like, what if you really thought of these folks that you can have difficulty all agreeing on budget and dip, you know other things that that uh, get to you. What if you looked at them as instead of just I got to put up with these people, but rather these are. Objects of personal ministry rather than people to be exploited for your personal gain. Number five, you are even slightly less acquisitive than you were a year ago. Not inquisitive, it's great to ask questions, but acquisitive as far as acquiring more things. That you're, you're, less, you're less consumeristic than you were last year. Um, number six, you're measurably more thankful for what you have and content with your present lot in life. And those last two things go together. Consumerism may it may it be decreased, and may contentment and gratitude increase. Number seven, you have more peace in your heart. Number eight, you learn more about your profession and are able to apply greater technical expertise in your field. We talk a lot about the parable of the talents and however God has made you, whatever you're strong in to go and and to build excellence and and how God has made you don't. Don't freak out about what you're horrible at. Know what you're bad at, but with what you're strong at, press in and, and do better. It's biblical. Nine, you took better care of your body. It always comes back to that, hopefully. Of, uh, are, are you healthy? Are you seeking health uh, in your life? Uh, you have some rhythms, um, some, some things that are helping you to pursue that. Number ten, more eternal fruit has been produced through and around you due to your effort and influence in Christ. So again, I'm just just presenting that to you as people that most of y'all are in the marketplace that that one of the things you need to be evaluating is God, you've called me into the marketplace. And what we're going to talk about some in here is that that is call to ministry. If you're a Christian in here, you're called to ministry. Every single one of them. Even if you're a minor. Even if you're you're still in school. God has called you to ministry. Not just a ministry someday, but ministry now. Right now. Right where you are. Does God have some some powerful and great things that are going to happen in in your future as well? Things that He's preparing you for? Yes. But one of the things I saw as as a kid that um, just kind of broke my heart was when you saw youth students, college students, just kind of been pushed off to the side. It's like, you know what? Yes, someday, someday you'll be worthwhile in the gospel ministry. Someday Jesus can use you if you'll just make sure that you check these boxes and don't do these things. God can use you. But until then, we got a special seating for you, right? It's not the truth. The reality is the youngest, the youngest one here that's a believer in Jesus Christ is already in ministry. Already. Called to it people that god's placed around them uh, you guys who are preparing that you're studying it's like oh yeah you're, i'm just thinking that someday i'll be something someday i'll be something guess what god has made you somebody because he loves you values you and don't don't wait Just say god where where do you have me now and, and how can i how can i walk in walk in the journey that you have for me right where i am and certainly those of you guys who are you got jobs um We'll come back to that in just a few minutes. And, and I, I want to I I find out. I want you guys to kind of uh, just popcorn some information to everybody else. So, you know, some of the things that you do in your 40-plus hours. And that could be as a mom. It could be uh, as, as a, uh, a student. It could be in the workforce, whatever it is, just so people can get an idea of, of what people do in, in this church. And then as we imagine what it means to be in ministry in those areas. Um, do you guys have a vision? 2013, do you have some things that have been crystallized? Of, this is what I think God's doing in my life. This is what God's doing around me. Um, do, you, do you feel that you have a mission that's bigger than yourself and than your comfort? Bigger than what you want? Are you walking around anybody in here without aim, without purpose in your life today? Or, do you have a really strong drive but it's not tied to the glory of God or to the mission of God. What we want to do is we want to ask the Holy Spirit to do something that even as we prayed in here, some of the leaders prayed before we came in here, was like, God, I we can't make this happen. I can't even convince myself to press further into Christ. I can't do it to you guys. And so my, my goal is not to try to manipulate you or leverage you or to use emotional tactics to make you like me or like God, but that Jesus Himself through the Holy Spirit would come and He'd explode into this room and He'd reveal to you that you are loved by Him and He has purpose and meaning for you and vision for you. Not just for ten years from now, but today God has great vision for you. We had some baptisms last week. You guys who weren't here, um, sorry that you guys missed it. Um, It was an incredible day. We had two ladies... And girl that were baptized, um, I heard all week long, some of y'all who were baptized, heard all week long, how powerful that day was, and your stories, and what Christ has done in your life, ladies, and um, it's so thrilling, what, what God is is up to in changing people's lives. And trust me, this bridges, bridges well into our topic today, and today I'm going to kind of be playing a role of philosophy professor and kind of a role of a coach and in another way be be playing the role of a spiritual dad and challenging you and just charging you but encouraging you you know to make sure that your foundation for vision and mission of this year and the years to come are firmly upon Jesus and, and the gospel. A film we watched a little while ago from, from Psalm. Uh, one of the things in it said that it said the Lord will keep your life. He will keep your life, and He will. Now, now, don't think that that means okay, every one of us is promised eighty years. That's not what it means. But it means the Lord is the one that holds and protects your life. He's the one that He's got one hand as a bookend and the, the beginning at conception, and the other right here at death, whatever it is. And He's holding you. He's holding your life. He's got you. He's going to keep your life and He has a life vision for you. Let's pray before we go further. Jesus, um, we declare that You love us so very much. You love us far more than we can even comprehend or imagine. How much love was it God, to, for Jesus, for you to have left um, glory and to become the God-man. I mean, to take on flesh and to, to be offended daily by the sin that was so close to you, so around you, not in you, but around you. For you to go and then to take our sins upon you on the cross to experience the separation that we should have died with that. You took it all the way to the grave so that we would not have to. God, what kind of love is that? You had us in sight back then. You already had a vision of us. You had a vision for our life. And it's not about how great we can be, but it's about how great you can be through us. God, be great through us. Help us to surrender. Speak to us. Speak to our hearts. Speak to our calendars. Speak to our wallet, speak to everything we are, that, we, that you just point out that, God, you, your are God you're glorious, and whatever you've decided to do, God is the best. Lord, help us as we unpack that, in Jesus' name, amen. I want to begin with the, uh, begins in the scriptures um, with the end in mind, um, we'll, we'll get to that here in just a few minutes in in, in Acts. Um um, the Westminster Shorter Catechism um, is, uh, is, is just kind of a, a theological question and answer. It's a way to be, to be tutored. And, and they, they, it was developed especially for, for kids. Um, but man, the thing's so tight. I mean, it's so good that all adults, you should check it out. Find it, Google it. Um, the very first question in there asks, what, the, what is the chief end of man or the purpose of why God made man? And it said so that the chief end of man is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. Um, 1 Corinthians 10.31 says this about glorifying God. It makes it massive. It says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Right? So it says to do what to the glory of God? Alright, so one more time. It says to do what to the glory of God? All things to the glory of God. That's instructive. That's not descriptive of my life. I don't do all things to the glory of God. But it's instructive. It's prescriptive in my life. That God's saying, Dave, do everything to the glory of God. There shouldn't be anything that's on your calendar, anything that you look back on your day, that you look back and say, that either was not done to the glory of God or it could not have been done to the glory of God. Sin, the warping of God's good design, is the only thing that we cannot do to the glory of God. Romans 11:36 says this for from him and through him and to him are all things to him be glory forever to him be glory forever so in all that we do all that we say we need god to change our hearts and to transform us to where we think through we start looking at anything that we're doing through the lens of god i want to do this for your glory and just to, just to make that user-friendly for us, I mean, that it, it doesn't mean that everywhere you go and everything you do, that you've got your Bible open or that you're, that you're in a prayer posture. You know, I mean, I mean just, it just doesn't work, doesn't work that way. But we're saying that, that you see that every good thing and great every opportunity that God gives you in life is a way that God's, He's either providing for you, He's protecting you, and He's present with you. So acknowledge Him. Acknowledge Him in, in what you're doing. Um, there's a, a good, small, classic book called The Practice of the Presence of God by Brother Lawrence. How many of y'all, that you, you, you've read that book sometime in your life? Practice, okay, everybody else, you need to get this book, The Practice of the Presence of God by Brother Lawrence. And it's a, it's a book about a, a cook, this monk, there's a cook that... That he he figured out this biblical concept that in that in whatever he was doing and, and the job that he did for the people he was in community with that he could have not only pleasure and joy in it but it 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 transported to a place where I'm doing this thing as worship everything you do there's a lot of things that you do in your life it's just like man it's just so mundane it's so so boring I could never be glorious to God I'm telling you telling you that's part of the reason why we have these journey groups together Uh, and if you're new here um, you know this is sojourn gathered Uh, we believe that um, we're to follow suit what's been going on for thousands of years of the church the christians coming together and worshiping from all over for us for all over the city all over the metroplex coming in worshiping jesus christ and then but as we scatter out we kind of scatter out and we gather in groups around the city throughout the week and part of what we're to do is is to unpack those riddles and just say, "Man, man I, I, Dave, I, this this report that I've got to write, this project that I'm overseeing, I don't know how in the world I can glorify God in doing that." All right? You start unpacking that together. Say, "Well, how, how what does how does the gospel influence what I'm doing, and how can God be glorified in it?" Um, we're not only to glorify God; we're to in, enjoy Him forever. Psalm 73, 25 to 28 says this Whom have I heaven whom have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. My heart and my my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. For behold, those who are far from you shall perish. You put an end to everyone who is unfaithful to you. But for me it is good to be near God. And I've made the Lord my refuge, okay? Now, there's two ways of, of looking at Scriptures like that. One is just huge conviction that comes back on you because it's like, you know what? That's not me. I, just, I don't have that heart. Well, okay, as far as instruction, it's a great place when I'm there and when you're there, just to go ahead and say, God, you know where I'm at. You know that my heart, it just seems like I don't, I don't naturally, I'm not naturally inclined toward that because of the way my days and my weeks are formed and uh, um, confess it. Just say, God, that's where, where I've been, but I don't want to stay there. Change my heart, alright? But secondly, is to know that actually, even though we think our hearts sometimes are not like that, a heart desiring more, more than anything else or uh, making statements from our heart that it's good to be near God, is to know the Holy Spirit is within you and the Holy Spirit has that. The Holy Spirit has a great desire for the rest of the Godhead. There's nothing the Holy Spirit desires more than the presence and the glory of the Father and the Son. Same way with the Son and the Father toward the Holy Spirit and toward one another. The Holy Spirit is within you and desires that. Also, God has given you a new heart that I don't always live through. I live through what we call the flesh a lot. And that old dead heart doesn't desire God. But you know what? The new heart that God has given me and to you does desire God more than anything. that There's nothing on earth. And so you can with complete integrity say, God through the Holy Spirit and through the heart you've given me, there's nothing on earth that I desire besides you. And then you just proclaim the truth. God, it is so good to be near God. And so, those are Those are foundational to to go back to and say, Lord, I want to live a life that glorifies You. I want to glorify You and I want to enjoy You forever. So really, you've got through this, you've got your life and you've got the glory of God. What you want to do is you want to say, God, I want my life to be for the glory of God. You see? Your life is here. This is the glory of God. Pulling it together and asking God, praying to say, God, may I believe this. May you join these two things together. My life for the glory of God. It's a prayer and it's a declaration of truth. My life for the glory of God. My life for the glory of God. Press forward into it. The good news about an eternity that's based upon grace is We're not going to get mission perfect on this earth. Y'all, look back at 2012. You didn't. I didn't either. 2013, guess what? More of the same. You're not going to get it right. But the beautiful thing is, throughout eternity, you will still glorify God and enjoy Him forever and ever and ever. You will. You will. And so, we just say, God, would you help manifest here in the imperfect world what you're going to be doing for all of eternity, God bring it here. So I want to give you guys a couple of anchor points today. They'll help bring guidance for the rest of your life. This is where we, this is where we go to the end. Uh, Acts thirteen thirty six. Look at the death of David. This is for David, after he would served the purpose of God in his own generation, fell asleep and was laid with his fathers saw corruption. Guys, this is a, a summary statement of uh, of his life, right? David, after some incredibly heinous sins in his life, of adultery and of murdering, uh, the husband of, of the lady he committed adultery with, even in all of that, because of grace, and because of what God did in his life, he was called a man after God's own heart. You know? Most of y'all will never, you'll never have sins in your life of that kind of a magnitude, putting those things together. And that should bring you amazing hope that if God can do that much in David's life, what can He do in my life? How can He make, help me to truly to love Him? To pursue glorifying Him and enjoying Him forever. That to make our heart on a daily basis to be God. I want my life to be for Your glory. Yesterday I took my family to uh, my Uncle Danny's farm near Buck's Pocket and uh, it was muddy and we had some uh, mini bikes there and, and some four-wheelers and fed some horses and saw about 70 head of cattle, saw two, two uh, black Angus calves that had been born just in the last week up there and they're beautiful. One of the most fun things was uh, when I took a few boys out and we shot guns um, had one 12-gauge shotgun. We had uh, one uh, 308 rifle. Had one caliber pistol and one 22-caliber rifle. A bunch of cans to shoot at. Right? Got to have that. We had a blast. And uh, one of the things that I was telling the guys is you got to line up the sights just right. Got to get them just right. And and one of the most difficult things, especially like with a pistol, I mean, if you don't if you don't get them lined up just right, I mean, if you don't have that if you don't have that front sight just between, just between the rear sight and having have them just at the right place, I mean, you're going to miss in a big way with with a pistol. And uh, we did, we did miss at times, but we also got it at times. We have to have the right sights in our life as well for our life to to really to be to be um, on track with the, the mission and vision that God has for us. What are the sights? sights are this. God, I want to bring maximum glory to You and fulfill my purpose in my generation. That's the thing that was said about David is that he served the purpose of God in his own generation. Most of that has to do with a sovereign God who said, even though, even though he uh, had incredible sins in his life, I did a lot in his life. Okay? But we also have a man who, who was being transformed by the Holy Spirit, and that desired God. That he too pressed in for that and wanted to be faithful to God. To so when the statement ended up being, he did serve the purpose of God in his generation. I mean, you uh, you've got to live. You've got to live a life. You don't know when it is that your life's going to end. Um, God does, and so, what is it that you're going to set your sights on? I mean, my life for the glory of God. This has to be. I mean, y'all say this one. Say my life for the glory of God. Say my life for the glory of God. And that's a prayer. God, please make that make that take place in my life. David served the purpose of God in his own generation. David lived. David pointed to God, David died, and David brought glory to God. And although although David is known very well in those in the Jewish faith and those in the Christian faith, he's known very well. The vast majority of all people in all of history have no clue who King David was. So in essence, for the most part, even though he's one of the most famous in our church history and biblical history, in essence, for most of humanity, he lived, he died, and he was forgotten. It's just like us. The majority of us, we are going to live, we're going to die, and we're going to be forgotten. And we need to get to a place where we're okay with that. We say, God, it doesn't have to be about me. I don't have to have glory and fame my name does not have to be known. I've mentioned to you guys before about one of my friends, a pastor in Louisville, Kentucky, Kentucky Daniel Montgomery, of uh, a sojourn community church up there. And uh, at, and he, he came out a couple, a couple uh, years ago. I, I started seeing him just repeat this like a mantra. He said, you know, um, preach the gospel, die, and be forgotten. And man, as... It it captured me back then, but more and more it's capturing my heart and my mind. It's that, that thought, that concept that we are here to proclaim Christ, die, and be forgotten. And what if that became, what if that got intertwined with our life philosophy and life purpose to say, God, I don't need to be remembered by the world because you have remembered me? That's all I need. So, God, I want to proclaim you, die, and be forgotten, and almost in parentheses, by everyone, but that's what it is. Life is found right in there, guys. Proclaiming Christ, dying, being forgotten, because Christ will not be forgotten. He won't. He's going to continue to fulfill his, His purposes here in this life. And I love this, guys. I and mean, We are not to live for our name. We are to live for His glory and be forgotten. We are to truly die to self. We, uh, one of the biggest deceptions that we have, is, have to overcome is to follow what we think is the best for us without considering the truths of God. Our flesh, that old dead heart, just naturally goes to, I want people to know about me. I want people to think great about me. And even as a Christian, it can somehow be wrapped up in some kind of a, a, a Christian, Christian uh, wrapping paper where it's like, I want people to, to think that I'm a great Christian. You know what? People don't need to think that you're a great Christian. People need to think that Christ is great. To think. The more we try to press for people to think that we're good, the more we're going to get off base. The more we're going to steal glory away from Jesus Christ. So if you begin with the end, to say, God, all right, I, I want to serve your purpose for my generation. You Start there, and and you're you know, you guys, you're, some of you are in the middle of your careers, the middle of families, or you're preparing for these things, is to be able to say, now God, how have you made me? And what is it that you have for me to do? What are the gifts and the natural abilities that you've given to me? And how does all of that get mixed up in a big bowl to look like ministry in my generation? this what it's supposed to be. Well, I think you start with that end in mind and you come back to a central scripture that reminds us of our mission here on earth. And uh, it's Matthew 28, 18-20. Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth is given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all I've commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. I'm not going to unpack this entire scripture Uh, Today It's awesome. I mean, it gives us us life purpose. It, It shows us that Jesus has the authority and that He has a mission and that He sent the church to fulfill His mission along with Him and that the mission is to make disciples by planting churches all over the world. That's what this is really saying. Go make disciples who form communities which is called the church and they keep doing this, keep replicating all over the world. Make disciples who make disciple makers who plant themselves all over the world. That's what it looks like. It's what we stand for. It's why we're a part of the Acts 29 network. And if you're not a, don't know what that is, uh, Google it later on and and go to the website acts29network.net or .org. And um, if you're looking in your Bible for Acts chapter 29, you're not going to find it. It's because it ends in chapter 28 and says, "If we're living in the 29th chapter, the church was birthed." And it was shown, the history of it right there, and then now we're a part as the story continues. It's a reason since we launched Sojourn Church five and a half years ago that we've been a part of helping to plant churches all over Alabama, all over Tennessee, and God's been blessing tremendously. It's a reason why we brought brought in some folks who said, hey, I don't think we're going to be here for that long, but could we be here long to kind of incubate and learn what it's like to plant a church and then go and plant a church out and then about 25, 30 of them were sent out just a, a few a, a few months ago, and they're preparing to plant a church here in, in five points. We believe in this. We believe that's a part of disciple making. But let me bring it back to you. Let me bring it back to where you're sitting and then bring it all back to God's mission for us as well. Um one of the one of the keys to understanding. About going and making disciples and disciple makers is understanding that the in verse nineteen, the very first part in there where it says to go, that that's not that's not the operative verb in here. It's not go and make disciples, and it's actually go and make disciples. Make disciples is the key, um, but to understand the nuance of it, it's really saying as you are going, as you're as you sojourn. As you walk, as you go forward, uh, in our household, here's just a little free parenting tip um, for you to for the future or for now is uh, we use a couple of a couple of uh, acronyms. One's L and T, and one's L T B. Some of you camping folks know L and T, which stands for Leave No Trace. All right, it's one of the things we say. It's like, all right, you make a mess, let's clean it up. I mean, we if we can tell that you've been there, you're in trouble. You know, that's, that's just basically it. In your room, you're, you're downstairs, dishes, if you cook something, um, leave no trace. But um, one of the other things that, that, that's now, we're, we've been working on that for several years, and, and we've talked about LTB, which is leave things better. Um, and we're really starting to now really open that up a lot more. It's like, okay, don't just do what, what your stuff is, but actually start looking around you at what else needs to be done. Maybe look for one other thing that you can do. Um, and don't bring attention to yourself. You know, don't, don't go tell everybody that you did it. Just do it because it's a good thing to do. Leave things better. It's, it's an as-you-are-going type of concept. That as you're walking, okay, we, we'll kind of find shoes or games, stuff like that, put them on the stairs, going up to their rooms. You know, it's like as you go and you see... There's something of yours on there, grab it. If you see something your brother or your sister has there, help them out. Grab it, take it up, put it on their bed, all that. Leave things better. As you sojourn, as you walk around, make a difference. Make a difference in what, what you're doing. Again, most of y'all, you're in the marketplace and business, you're in education or nonprofit organizations. And if you just you glean from this: It's like, okay, God has called me to glorify Him in all that I do, my life, for the glory of God, and through that is to make disciples. I mean, uh, y'all, help me out. I mean, what are y'all? Just kind of yell out, speak up a little bit. What are what are some of the things you do in 40 in your 40 plus hours a week? Okay, what are some of the things that you do? Ready to go? Study. Yes. Huh? Lunch? Okay. Okay. All right. Yes. Primarily, I mean, focused around the what what it is that you do, like your career-wise and your objectives, the things that you do. What are some of the things that you're called to do? Like your what's your job? What's your post? Teach, coach, supervise, engineer. Lots of emails. Got yeah, communications? Huh? Design. Okay organize? Okay. This is good. Keep it coming. Shop at Walmart? Yep. Every Friday. Okay. Awesome. Yep. What else? Bills? Yep. Customer service? Okay. What? Fix bicycles? Yep. Audits? Okay. Laundry? Okay. All right. Now see we're just getting a taste here. They have to do with career, study, preparation, or even just the mundane things in life. This is life. It's life, guys. And what we want to say is, God, help me to know that in every one of those things, it can be worship. It can be done to Your glory. And in all those things, to be asking the question, God, how can I, in a year of doing those kind of things, how can I how can discipleship be a part of it? Okay? I'm not saying that every time you go that you go to the grocery store, you've got to call up somebody and say, Hey, I'm going to the grocery store, I'm going in I'm going to Redbox, who wants to go with me? You don't have to do that every time. But what if what if we started saying, God, Lord, even in the mundane things of my life, I want to I wanna be strategic about it. I just want to invite invite friends to to join me in that. All right? not, not forcing it not leveraging people, but being invitational people. What if? What if we did that? What if, particularly, I mean, a lot of the job stuff, the study stuff, and that's that's just you and it can only be you, okay? And so what if something changed in your mind and heart to where you said, God, you have given this to me to do. This is a part of preparing me. This is a part of... of uh, Providing for my family, thank you, Jesus, for this—the cooking, the washing, washing of the dishes, washing of the clothes—to be able to say, Jesus, thank you so much, thanks so much for caring for me and giving me—I mean, some of y'all got big families—is like, I mean, it just takes forever to do all the cleaning and the maintenance. Thank you, God, so much for giving me uh, a family. Whatever, whatever these things are, would you just say, God? You've called me to do this. And, and God, I want to be an invitational person that as I go, as I'm walking down, and you see you see places, you, God starts to reveal you've got margins here for relationships. You've got margins here. Again, don't feel guilty in the areas which like, you know what, Dave, I, nobody can be part of, of what I do in this project or this this, that, and the other. It's great. It's fine. But start to look where God starts to open it up and just say, right in there. Invite somebody in there. Right there in your life. Right here in your calendar. This thing that happens once a month. You know, invite invite, invite a, um, a, a friend to, to assist you. Um, many people, again, just think that pastors are ministers. But it's not the truth, guys. Every one of you are a minister and a missionary if you're a Christian. And again, it's part of what... part of the reason why the church is so important, it's not just Sojourn Church, but, and if some of you all from out of town, you're part of another church, the church God has called you to be in, to, to be a family of missionaries, a family of ministers who are processing through these things, that that as we start talking about what's happening in the marketplace, what's happening at schools, we start talking about all the mundane things in life that we challenge one another and say, how can you make much of Jesus Christ through it? How can you find areas where you can be invitational and make disciples right there? What if you don't get it right? What if you just blow it? Well, see, you're not. You're not going to get it just right. In fact, you need to release that part of your controlling nature if you've got it. To think that you have to have it all together because you don't. It's part of the importance again about being in a community of grace. It constantly reminds us that Jesus was perfect because you were not. And His perfection covers your sins. Guys, uh, let me bring some some last thoughts to this today. Because My job, I was sharing with, with uh, some of our leaders this past Sunday night. Part of my job is shown by Ephesians chapter 4, which it tells me and tells the leaders of the church that um, that we're to equip the saints for the work of ministry. And it unpacks what that's supposed to look like. And so what, what I'm supposed to do is to be an encourager and a challenger of you that wherever you are, that you're thinking through what does it mean to be a minister there? Okay? What are the challenges that are there? What's holding you back from from seeing the gospel having relevance in those areas of your life. On a practical level, if you're like, well, I need some good objectives, I need some good things that help me with finding my vision. Because again, it's it's first of all, it's first of all saying, God, my vision needs to be you, and I want my life for your glory. That's the foundation. That's to be the vision and mission of your life. My life for the glory of God. But when it comes down to comes down to the uh, specifics of it, then you need to walk with people. You need to uh, immerse yourself in the Bible so you can hear more of Jesus' voice in your life. You need to pray and ask him to guide you daily. You need to surrender to the Holy Spirit to walk in the Spirit instead of the flesh. And you need to know that you need others who need you. And they're going to walk with. Guys, God has a great mission and a vision for you. It's one that's going to bring great glory to Himself. And you will find your greatest joy. Coming back to this little bitty booklet here. you can Some good stuff in here. Um, you'll find your greatest joy and enjoyments when you're seeking Him. And you say, God, I want my life to be for Your glory. And then you as a sojourner as a christian you make disciples you say god my life is for your glory let's pray lord uh, we thank you that you will you will receive ultimate glory for what you've done you will you will draw many people to you because you've been lifted up and we pray lord you help us even today lord just to to say God take me, change me, show me reveal to me in my life and in my station in life um, that my life is to be for your glory and then to walk it out with different seasons of life um, things change in our life we get all the way you're with us Lord God uh, help these men these women these students to get together with one another and and uh, to challenge one another and in our journey groups we pray that you put a fire within them to really think through what is it you've called me to and then to start saying I think God's called me to do this this year I, I think God wants me to stretch my margins in this area that he wants me to invite people into my life here and here and that we get specific about it Lord Jesus so help us as we do that Lord as, as we worship you at the end Lord here we respond to you God we're going to go to the table and proclaim that your death your burial and your resurrection is what brings us life and gives us vision bless us as we go to the table Lord Jesus name